Miss Orlando, are you here? Yes, yes, I'm here. Is it Hugh Lovey? You guys can hear me? Yes, we can hear you, sir. All right, well, oh, man, just, you know, the news that just came out today about the Browns starting Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield, I'm not going to lie, this is the right move. I mean, Baker barely even has a left shoulder, I'll tell you that. So so here's my my question to you. Do you think two weeks of recovery is going to heal it up enough for him to go full go against the Steelers? Because I think this is just an injury that's going to linger forever until he obviously gets postseason surgery. It might be one of those injuries. We really don't know. But, I mean, here's the thing. I, I do have, like, faith in Case Keenum. I mean, I know you did, too, in uh, the 2018 playoffs. Led your bike into the NFC game. So I do have faith in him. It's just he, I just want to see how he will do with this offense, and it's going to tell if uh, Baker's a system quarterback or not too. I mean, if Keenum can run this system good, and Baker can, so that just shows the fans he's just got a good system. So, do you so do you think? Do you think Baker wanted to stay in the game and play this game so bad because? he fights for his team and he really cares? Or do you think he's scared that somebody's going to come in and do his job just as good as him managing the game? I mean, just from what I've seen from Baker this year, he just seems like the guy that, you know, fights for his team, wants to do well, you know. He has that tough guy mentality, but sometimes he's going to tone it back. I mean, I think the Browns really want to, you know, extend him more, but... Him doing stuff like that, you know, I mean, could put a risk at him getting a larger contract. And he's not going to get the same size contract as Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson. He won't. Well, I think that's the issue because quarterbacks are all getting that kind of money. I mean, you see it in a case like Kirk Cousins. He was getting record-breaking money before anybody else did. And that's just kind of the market of the quarterback position. I mean, quarterbacks, I mean, when you pay him, like a quarterback, you're going to pay him like a franchise quarterback. So he's going to get top dollar whether you like it or not, and it's whether or not you believe in him or not that's going to determine whether you think that's a good decision or a bad decision. Well, you know, Yeah, you're right about that. Here's what I'll say about, about the situation. The reason quarterbacks are getting paid so much is partially because you expect them not to get injured. There's so many rules protecting hits against them that – you almost have to get injured under your own power or some freak accident has to happen nowadays. This was, I mean, that's the most impressive thing about Tom Brady, in my opinion, is the dude was playing in eras where the quarterback was like a running back and you could just do whatever you wanted to him. And a guy with the athleticism of Tom Brady, you know, going against Brian Urlachers of the day, it just it's simple physics, right? So when you look at Baker Mayfield, who I, I believe the injury is it's a labrum injury, that's not something you can easily recover from. Granted, it's not his throwing shoulder, but still... That's a painful injury. Shoulder injuries are by far the most complicated injury that any, you know, t- take any any MLB pitcher in, in their throwing arm. If they've gotten a, a labrum injury, they're done. Um, and you take them in their non-throwing arm, yeah, they can get by. But a, a football's not – the quarterback position is not the same position as a pitcher. You're going to take hits from that side. Um, you're you're going to have to use it more than you would have liked. And I think what's probably the most upsetting, if you know, if, if I was a, a hardcore Browns fan was – it was so preventable, the injury that happened. And I, I think I talked about it after, you know, Baker Mayfield had that, that, that spur of passion and decided to, to, you know, make a play on an interception that, that he threw. 
you just you just can't do that when you're paying somebody when you're paying a guy that much money and obviously i think that's going to be a huge factor is you have to expect and most of these gms these coaches they expect their quarterback to go out of their way to to maintain health that's what a lot of the top tier quarterbacks do that's what the guys who never you know obviously some people people do it in different ways right the the more established guys the traditional pocket passers Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to throw the ball away. They're going to slide. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, they're going to run around like a chicken with their head cut off to avoid contact and then get the ball downfield and maybe even draw a flag on a, on a, on a hit that shouldn't even be a flag because it's not even really hurting them, but that's the, the way the, the roughing the passer rule is written. To me, that's what establishes or that's what defines a quarterback who deserves a lot of money is staying on the field. Even, even Dak Prescott last year, I mean, he, he, even him was probably – very, very frustrating for the Cowboys organization and it turns out paying off. What what it does look promising is now we're seeing a trend. I saw it with Andrew Luck. We're seeing it with Dak Prescott. People come off uh, quarterbacks come off of these injuries and it gets them fired up and they have great seasons afterward. What I would say for the Browns organization is don't rush this injury with, with Baker Mayfield. If you need to play Case Keenum, do it. But if you plan on giving Baker Mayfield the money that he's going to ask for, because it's going to be a, a pretty penny and a half, then you got to let Case Keenum do his thing this season. I agree. I think Case Keenum, we all know he's starting Thursday. I think he will be in against the Steelers. I mean, another big impact for the Browns would be if, if Jarvis Landry is activated tomorrow, that's going to be a huge help to Keenum big time. Plus, that leadership Landry brings to our Browns offense is just – Phenomenal. I mean, he'll help straighten out Odell Beckham. And I'm interested to see how Keenum and Beckham connect. I know uh, Keenum did well connecting with Stephon Diggs with the Vikings. Yeah, so absolutely. You got a lot to say about that. Yeah, um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think Case Keenum really needs to take over the game manager role. And and Enzo, I got a little surprise for you. Okay, um, tell me tell me if you recognize tell me if you recognize this voice, Enzo. So, so right. Sean, I don't think that mic's working. I think you need to check a different one. Try to try to check this one right here. See see if Mike three. Right, check one two, and we are live. Yeah, I, I think I think that one is good. I think you're good on that mic. <laughs> oh man, it has been a hot minute, folks. How is it going? Uh, uh, I could just you know, turn this little up. Hey Enzo. How you doing, Sean? Yeah, all right, buddy. How you been? Uh, you know, I've been busy, I'll tell you that. I've been uh, busy with football and CSR and a whole lot of things. Sean, I mean, it's it, it's incredible to see you, man. How, how were you able to stop by in your busy schedule? Uh, this is uh, one of the last times I'm going to be able to stop down here until the tournament. So uh, I was able to make a day, and I figured, you know, today was going to be it. And I'm like, oh, they believe earlier than I thought. And I thought, you know what? I'll surprise you guys. I'll drop in. Fantastic, man. So you you just heard the news that just got dropped. Case Keenum um, is going to be your starting quarterback for the Browns on Sunday. I mean, excuse me, on Thursday. What are your thoughts there? My thoughts on Keenum? It's honestly, it's overdue to sit him down at some point being Baker. He was hurt, and it's not going to get better just by continuing to play. I mean, sure, you could try and throw him out there, but a fully torn labrum? You're going to need surgery on that at some point, and it's not going to get better just by continuing to play. Give him a little bit of rest. See if it does anything. 
And look, probably going to need offseason surgery. But if this is the reason why he's not been playing up to standard since week two, then you got that fifth-year option that you already exercised. It's fully guaranteed. You'll get one more year to evaluate him. I understand that's not what people wanted to see right now. They were hoping to see Baker Mayfield leading the league in a lot of categories, but sometimes things happen. I, I think in the offense that you guys run, there's no chance that Baker is going to lead the league in anything because you guys are so run heavy. But I think what Browns fans wanted to see is him and his ability to win them games when that running game isn't there. And he clearly hasn't been able to show that. Um, injury aside, week one was a perfect opportunity for him to grab the team by the bootstraps and really push them down the field and take them down for a game-winning touchdown. He obviously threw the interception, and then week um, five was his other chance. Obviously, that's after the injury um, he suffered in week three against the Bears. Um, but it's just it's just kind of the same stuff, different story yeah. um, for Baker. He just doesn't seem to have it in, in the clutch against winning teams, against teams that are good. Um, I mean, you could even make the argument he he didn't he didn't have it against the Vikings. He had a wide open Odell Beckham yeah, Jr. Didn't for have a it touchdown. The Vikings, that's yeah. a, admitted. But, and and if the Vikings yeah. go down and score that touchdown and 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 tie the game, maybe even force overtime, you're having a completely different conversation about this Browns team. Um, uh, but the defense, though, I'm going to bl- blame them for a lot of things that they need to fix. Joe Woods. I am right to say goodbye unless you were able to turn this into the 85 Bears over the next 10 weeks. You think so? Because you're looking at a team who has played the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. Those are the only games your defense hasn't played good. Against teams that aren't the top offenses in the league, you guys have been able to have really yeah, good you performances. you perform like you're absolute crap against even the top teams. Look. You can have one or two bad games, but you can't continually blow coverages, which I'm looking at John Johnson the third right there. So let's like, this is not to put all the onus onto the defense, but there is some blame to go around on that defense, which should be a lot better in that secondary. So here's here's the issue I have with that take because you take a look at this game in particular. The defense had short fields on one, two, two, three. Four. Four of the drives that the Cardinals scored touchdowns on. You can't continuously put the defense in short yardage situations and expect them to, to hold the opposing yeah, offenses, especially when you're going against the Cardinals. I'm frustrated with the penalties yeah, made yeah. by the secondary. That has also been something. I'm not as mad yeah, at the front seven as I am at the back four. All right, Enzo, go ahead. All right. Well, here's the thing. The, the defense has to win you this game against the Broncos. The Broncos have a pretty bad offense. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a decent quarterback, but they really don't have any receivers, not much of a run game, really. So it's up to the D-line. It's up to the secondary. It's up to the linebacker. It's up to everyone. I know we're not going to have JOK, and it's going to make it tough. But the, the defense really has to win you this game this Thursday. I mean, if the defense played like how they did against the Cardinals, it's going to be a tough loss to the Browns, and playoff hopes go down for the fan base. Yeah, I mean, you cannot lose this game. It's an absolute must-win. It's a it's a game where Enzo, I think you're 100 percent right. The defense is probably going to win you it. Sean, I, I have to I have to ask you this question: um, If the defense goes out there and and completely shuts the Broncos down, and you still lose, are you still going to have the same um, complaints about the defense? Because I think it's a matter of the defense has played against three really, really, really talented offenses, 
And for the first half of the Chiefs game, they completely shut down the Chiefs' offense. And if it wasn't for a fumble and a blocked or a dropped punt, the Chiefs maybe don't score 33 points. Let's go back to the Chargers game. The Chargers, the Browns were in complete control of that game, and the offense right. can't sustain a drive at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Then the defense is on its heels, allows the two touchdowns, and then you lose that game. And then this weekend against the Cardinals, a fumble, a pick, a turnover on downs, a couple, actually a couple turnover on downs, yeah. and you leave the Cardinals with short mm-hmm. fields with that offense and those weapons i mean football is a game of momentum you're not going to have defenses that allow 20 or less points a game you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be right. around that area where it's 24 28 points that's a good defensive right. showing in mm-hmm. this nfl but when the offense is giving the the defense short fields this offense should have only scored seven points this weekend right they they had the hell mary I don't think this is a Joe Woods issue. I mean, you can you can make it him the scapegoat. It depends on how the game ends. You if can... it's a breaking issue where the secondary gets burned again, that's where I get really concerned. If it's earlier on in the game and things are fixed quickly after, I feel a little bit more confident. It's you can make Joe Woods in the defense the scapegoat, but I think your your issue yeah. is your offense is. Uh, inability to be multi-dimensional. Right. Um, I think this is a one-dimensional offense that if somebody stops the run or if you go down by a couple touchdowns early, you're pretty much SOL in the fact that y- you don't have a quarterback that can push it down the field mm-hmm. when the defense knows you're throwing the football. Like I said, I think I said this before and I was talking to Mason. I don't think it's a lack of talent in the defensive secondary. I think it's a lack of discipline. Like, you know, like I said, we can sit there and argue about the DPI calls, whatever. Nonetheless, the only thing you can really argue about is the lack of consistency in the calls, right? I mean, it can't be that you know you can't you can't tell me that Denzel Ward wasn't wasn't committing you know defensive pass interference infractions, and you you can really I mean Quentin I like I like your point there on giving giving the defense short fields because really when it comes down to it is when you want to win against better teams like the Chargers like the Cardinals it requires all of those things in tandem so you gotta you you know you have to play defensive offensive in in a way which. Uh, the Browns have the Browns have struggled with no doubt about it. Um, I think the the lack of running game and the injuries on the offensive line and the running back room is certainly attested to that. But I also would make the argument if you give a fully he- healthy offensive line and a fully healthy running back room, are are the opposing teams actually able to stop it completely? Because you can have Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield, you can have Nick Chubb doing his thing, and we have no and you would also have no question mark at the offensive line position. Is there a defensive front that is capable of? of dealing with you know is there a front six in the nfl that's capable of dealing with all that happening at once when you're completely healthy the i i truthfully think the answer is no so i think that's something you need to factor in as well but really when it comes down to it, it's got to be disciplined football being executed by the players and it really has to be disciplined play calling which you know kevin stefanski really seems to struggle with but um you know that as long he's he's remaining consistent with who he is as a, as a play caller and as a coach uh, that's really all i can ask for and you know i, I i'd be interested to see if he's going to change the way he calls the game now with with a different quarterback yeah, I don't think you can take the risk yeah. of going for it on fourth down inside the opponent's ten. You got to be able to kick the points, and that's been frustrating. You, you Is that get you, the points. yeah? I don't care what the analytics say. Even if it was fourth and two, the teams are going to key on in on the run, or they're going to know that you're going to try and throw a short little outlet pass. It's got to change. And look, if you want to throw them a look every now and then, sure, but get the points early, get a little bit of something. And even if that defense is like, oh yeah, we can stop them. You still put points on the board that could come back to help you later. So my my argument against that, you have two instances in the past two weeks where you went for it on fourth down. Baker delivered the ball on OBJ's yeah. numbers, and it's drilled him in the chest twice, yeah. and he's dropped that, it. Yeah, I'm talking about earlier in the game, though. I know those happened like later on, and that, that has been frustrating where Odell has dropped two 
I'd say mostly easy passes. I mean, those are two game-changing yeah. fourth downs, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but I'm more frustrated about the early game. First quarter, fourth down, go yeah. for it, and the opponent's yeah. deep territory, and they just – Baker gets sacked, it seems like, every time. It's going aggressive too early, and it, it kind of bugs me. Like, I get it in, like, the third or fourth quarter when you're trying to need to get those points, but – Way too early on, especially in field goal range, it bugs me. Mm-hmm. If we're not in field goal range, I'm kind of, okay, I kind of get it. Like, if we're on, like, the 46 or 50-yard line. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I, 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 I'm going to ask you both this question because I'm sure the listeners are tired of hearing me and Logan's voice. It, what's your panic level? I mean, you, Sean, you've you've called in and you've given confidence meters one out of ten a lot. You said, I believe, the last time we talked to you when the Browns had lost to, um, or the Browns had peeled off two, three wins in a row, and they were three and one. You said the confidence meter that they were going to win the division was at a seven and a half, yeah, or something around there. That. Um, Enzo, I know you've had a lot of confidence with the Browns as of right now to just make the playoffs, be one of the seven teams in the dance. What's your confidence level at right now? Hmm, My good. confidence level, I would say it's a at a at a seven out of it's a seven out of ten. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it depends on how we do in this game tomorrow night, and if it's, it's a total disaster, it's going to go down and down. And yeah, if you're going, yeah. if you're going to tell me right now what I'm at, I'm probably at a six and a half, and I want to see how tomorrow goes. I'm going to be very cautiously optimistic. Fair enough. I'm not going to go higher than a six and a half until. Let's I say let's happening. say the Browns' offense looks incredible. Do you have a quarterback conf- controversy on your hands? Uh, depends on Baker's health. To be honest, it's going to all depend on can you get that labrum healed up fast enough to be able to play anything. But it's going it's a full tear. That's the problem. So are you going to be able to manage it well enough? And no, if you can't, then I think you just roll with Keenum for a bit. He's played in the Stefanski offense before. Maybe you catch some fire, and we'll he see. actually hasn't hasn't played in the the Stefanski well, yeah, offense. That's true, he, but he's he played, played in a in, similar scheme at least. I wouldn't even call it a similar scheme because it was the Norv Turner led off or the Pat Shermer led Vikings offense. I keep Pat forgetting Shermer, about that. Pat yeah. Shermer. <laughs> Pat Shermer is the one and only Warner offensive Brown coordinator goes. who didn't do exactly what Zimmer wanted him to, and that's run the ball more than he passed it. And wouldn't you know it, the Vikings went to the NFC Championship game that year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Huge showdown in a couple weeks. Um, I'm sure College Game Day is going to be there. It's a 7.30 kick on ABC. Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State has already announced that Taquan Robinson and uh, the other quarterback, his name's evading me, Um, (laughs) the the Penn State backup quarterback is going to be playing this weekend. Um, Okay. The the Lions will probably open at, up as some sort of an underdog on the road in the shoe. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that game? Because it, it's a game every year as a Penn State fan that I have circled on my calendar. I'm sure you guys don't even see Penn State as a rival at this point. But if you guys did have a rival, I'd probably consider it Penn State, considering the fact that Michigan hasn't beat you since yeah. Fido was a pup. So what is your guys' <laughs> overall feelings about that game? I feel Penn State's got a good chance to win this game, but it's tough to say because Ohio State has gone back on track against lesser competition with Stroud. I saw Stroud against Maryland in person. He looked incredible. But, uh, you know, Penn State's a whole different animal, so I'm going to 
lean slightly Ohio State, but I think Penn State could still pull this out. Very fair. Very fair, um, Enzo. Me, uh, it depends on which James Franklin comes out against the Buckeyes when it comes to play callings and other things. So Don't I remind mean, me. From what I saw from Penn State earlier, they look good, but now with like injuries and stuff, I mean, they're kind of a bit iffy. But, I mean, Ohio State has had uh, C.J. Stroud looking better, and they got Indiana, who's not a tough matchup. So this is going to be a real test for Stroud and the Buckeyes' offense on how Penn State's defense come out. And I think Penn State has a pretty solid uh, defense in the Big Ten Conference. And I'm honestly going to lean more towards Penn State. I, I really think they're fired up to beat Ohio State this year. Hopefully. So, hopefully, so. Enzo. Hopefully. Now, moving over to your guys' language of choice. Major League Baseball. We're in the championship series on both sides, 2-2 in the AL side, 2-1 in the NL side, obviously in favor of the Braves. Sean, what is your key takeaways from the postseason? Who do you think is coming out of both sides? Who do you think has the best shot of winning the World Series? I'd rather not pick the AL side, but if I had to pick a team, I think Boston's still hot enough to be able to blitz through to the World Series. And then, I don't know, this Braves-Dodgers series, I think it's going to go seven games again like it did last year. Indians legend Eddie Rosario has been playing quite good <laughs> for the uh, before the Braves. The fact that Ty Van Berkleo never really changed his approach is concerning, and I feel like Eddie Rosario obviously got a little bit of a different taste of something uh, than what I would call bland vanilla. Uh, in Cleveland, so maybe that's helped. Also, the postseason postseason. You've got guys from Daniel Murphy to Ryan Meredith and whoever get hot. I know Murphy's been an all-star before, but you've got guys who suddenly get hot and stay hot. you got Kiki Hernandez in Boston doing that Kiki right Kiki Hernandez now. has always been a good player, though. He's been a good I, player, I don't, I don't but, like, can compare but like, to... he's never been superstar level. Yeah. But that's what he's been playing yeah. at in this postseason. That's what Daniel Murphy back with 2015 Mets did. So I don't know who's going to come out of that Braves-Dodgers series because it's too early to tell for me. If the Braves had locked up that game, obviously the Braves are going to the World Series. But it's if it's 2-1, the Dodgers have ability to come back. Definitely. And I think Boston's just going to be able to hold off against Houston. They don't have George Springer like they did last year. I don't know, man. They don't man. have I, I'll Justin Verlander. They don't have a couple pieces. They've got good pitching, but I you, think there's a few doubts. You have mind. no faith in the Astros at all. I mean, at all. I think there's a chance they can do it, but I think Boston is honestly the better team having to face a 100-win Tampa Bay, a 90-plus win Yankees team, and a 90-win Blue Jays team. They play the only team in their division that was below ninety wins were the Baltimore Orioles. So I feel like Boston is better tested and better challenged to take down the Astros. I think the Astros are out to prove something. Enzo, what do you think? I what I think I mean, I'm surprised in both games yesterday when the Dodgers came back and won and the Astros uh, came back and won the in the ninth inning scoring seven runs. I couldn't believe it and but I still think in the AL, it's going to be Boston. I mean, I like neither of the teams just like Sean, but I think it is Boston. They still have the more uh, momentum. And they, they still have one game at home left. So I still think it's Boston. And the NL, I mean, the Dodgers just kind of came back. I mean, we'll see how they play. Uh, pretty sure they play today. I'm on MLB. Yeah, they play today. They play today. Oh, and so does Boston, too. Wow. Yep. So yeah, it depends on which team comes out. I think in that 
series in the NLCS is going to be the Braves. So you'll see the I want to see a Braves Red Sox World Series and like way back when the the Braves were once in Boston. So that would be a pretty interesting series. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty, folks. We are eleven fifty-five. Me and Logan got class. We got to get to Logan. You have anything else you want to add? I'll just say the same thing that I've been saying for the last couple of weeks and probably two or three times today. Whoever's got the hot bats is probably going to come out of the of the series, and I think right now that's the Sox, and I would concur in saying that it's highly unlikely that an AL team is going to win the series, but I feel like the, the Sox are going to come out of the AL. Absolutely. Sean, anything else you want to say? You you, you want to say goodbye? Do you want to say hello Hello, to everyone. Anybody? It's good to see you again, and unfortunately it's not been too long, so I'll have to say farewell for right now, but you'll hear me again at some point. All righty, absolutely. For Sean Fitzgerald, Logan Eggleston, and on the phone, Enzo Orlando. I'm Quentin Griffin. This was yep. Victory Formation. You guys all take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Keep it locked here on BlackScrollRadio.com.